Hi, I'm Katya. And I'm Rin. And we're here at the Commonwealth Center for Holistic Herbalism in Boston, Massachusetts. And on the internet, everywhere, thanks to the power of the podcast. Woohoo! Just like every week. <laughs> <laughs> well, this week, um, a user on iTunes uh, or Apple Podcasts or whatever they're calling it now, um, ca- named Sherna Augen, uh, left us a review and asked for an episode about skin health, internal ways to improve skin health, herbs to work with topically, etc. So here it is. We're going to do that. Yeah. But first, as always, we want to remind you that we are not doctors. We are herbalists and holistic health educators. The ideas discussed in this podcast do not constitute medical advice. No state or federal authority licenses herbalists in the United States, so these discussions are for educational purposes only. Everybody's body is different, so the things that we're talking about may or may not apply directly to you, but we hope that they'll give you some great information to think about and research further. We want to remind you that good health is your own personal responsibility. The final decision when considering any course of therapy, whether it's discussed on the internet or prescribed by a physician, is always yours. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, skin, huh? Yeah. I suppose most of us have it. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I think that's something everybody's got. Yeah, and most of us, at some point or another, will have a pimple or some rashes or some other stuff going on. So. Right, you don't even have to be a teenager to have some acne sometimes. Yeah. It is, it is a, a real part of life. Uh, but, you know, there's so much uh, that we can do to help our skin stay healthy and happy and vibrant. And actually, that's, I have to say, it's one of the things that I get asked most often. Uh, first off, uh, people don't think that I'm 45. They think that I'm younger than that most of the time, which I, I guess is nice. This, this is all true. I can vouch for it. <laughs> she's, she's not just, like, humble bragging or whatever. No, like, it happens <laughs> all the time. Sometimes it's kind of like, we'll go out and you'll get carded and I won't. Hmm. And, you know. Yeah, sometimes. Whatever. Sometimes. No, wait. The other way around. The other way around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I get carded and you don't. That's mm. what I mean. And maybe it's just because of your distinguished beard. If I shave that, then forget it. <laughs> they, they won't let me into anything. No, no it's over. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, lots of people ask, like, what do I do for my skincare routine? And you guys, I spend, like, no money on skincare. And honestly, very little time. And honestly, like, very she, little she's, time. She's not over there, you know, in the evenings with the clay masks and the this and that. I mean, like, I've seen you do that twice, I think. In 10 years? (laughs) It's more than 10. In a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So don't worry. This doesn't have to take a ton of time. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Clay masks and facial steams and all that stuff are super fun. Yeah. And if you have an outbreak going on or if there's something, you know, for real happening or like... you Or if you're a teenager. you, You have an event coming up or whatever, then like, yeah, it's a great idea. Yeah. But most days... Yeah, but I just, I mean, I don't have time, and um, so what I really do, my baseline, what I do every day is when I'm in the shower, I wash my face with soap, and if you're gasping, yes, I really do use bar soap on my face, Um, either Dr. Bronner's or um, there's a, a soap with royal jelly that is made in Vermont that I like quite a lot, um, and uh, so I'll use one of those in a scrubby and, and scrubify my face a little. When I get out of the shower, I spray um, from, I have a little spray bottle that has half rose water, literally just from the grocery store, and half Thayer's brand witch hazel with rose water. 
Yeah, that's a, a non-alcoholic witch hazel extract. Yeah, yeah. And so I spray that on like a toner, and then I take a couple of drops of olive oil or avocado oil that I just have in a little like one ounce dropper bottle in the bathroom, um, and rub that into my face before the toner has a chance to dry. And that um, creates lotion right on my face because lotion is just oil and water mixed together. But if you mix it together ahead of time, you have to put some kind of preservative in there to help it uh, not mold. But or, if you, or in probably, and for a lot of times, an emulsifier to help it separate. Right, to yeah. help it not separate. Uh Thank you. Um, And or I mean, alternately, if you make the lotion yourself, you just have to make it like every week or something like that, which is that's awesome. But I don't have the time to do that. So instead, I make what I call just in time lotion and I blend it right on my face. Um, Works great. And honestly, I started doing that because I ran out of lotion one day Mm. and that I had made and I hadn't had time to make more. And then I was like, wait, this is so much faster. I should just do it like this. Um, sometimes I infuse the oil first with herbs. I just put some yarrow infused oil into my little dropper bottle and that's really exciting. And sometimes I make like pine infused oil because I love the smell of pine and rose together. Mm. Um, that is just like such a lovely perfume. So sometimes I do that and sometimes I'm too busy. And so it is literally just plain olive oil or just plain avocado oil. Um, Okay, so that was soap in the shower and a scrubby, then rose water plus rose water and witch hazel uh, as a toner, and while that is still wet on my face, rub in some olive oil, and that is it. That's what I do. If I ever get a little pimple, then as soon as I notice it, I just put some apple cider vinegar on my face. I keep a tiny little bottle of that in the bathroom too, and I just rub it in on any little blemish that might be trying to form. And uh, yes, okay, it smells like vinegar, but you have never complained that I smell like a salad. No, it's you don't. You don't, you don't even notice. <laughs> so if you're out there thinking, if I put vinegar on my face, my husband will think I smell weird. Uh, trust me, he won't notice. No, not even. <laughs> uh, so that's what I do. And with that apple cider vinegar, I usually just grab um, some plain apple cider vinegar. But if you're a person who really struggles with acne or if you're a teen um, and you've got a lot of acne right now, then definitely infuse that apple cider vinegar with herbs. This is a great place for yarrow or chamomile or any of the mint family plants. And the reason is because they all have really excellent antimicrobial action. So when you infuse that right into the vinegar, you're not only getting the super cleansing power of the vinegar, but you're also getting that antimicrobial action from the plants, the yarrow, the chamomile, or any of the mint family plants that you are infusing in. And so you're getting like a much broader spectrum of action than you would with just the apple cider vinegar on its own. Um, Great. So actually, let's talk a little bit more about sort of more tenacious acne. Mm. Um, So if you do struggle with acne, then this would be a time to do more frequent steams. And a nice herbal steam for the face is really relaxing and really effective. 
So uh, you can do this just the same way that you would do an herbal steam for a respiratory infection or a sinus infection or something like that. You're gonna boil up a pot of water. And once it's good and boiling, you will take it to a table or someplace that you can sit down um, and have like a towel at the ready. And at the very last moment, you're gonna throw in a handful of a plant and we'll talk about which plants in just a minute. And once you've done that, you'll flip that towel right over your head to make a little tent over that pot of steaming hot water plus herbs. And you will let all of the herby goodness steam up onto your face um, and really get as close to the steam as you safely can so that it is really getting down deep into all of the pores. Now the herbs we're gonna choose for this are gonna be herbs that have a high volatile oil content because of their sort of cleansing, penetrating antimicrobial action. I sound like a commercial. <laughs> <laughs> it's true though. It's true though. The uh, the volatiles they, they evaporate right out of the right out of the pot. They float up to your face. They uh, act on your skin, on the cells themselves. They act on the microbes that may be present there. Well, that are certainly present there. <laughs> um, yeah, and they, they can help to stimulate your defenses and just to get things moving and flowing. Um, and it's going to be hot in there, right? You're going to sweat a little bit. But in this case, that's good. That's a way that you're eliminating some waste products and getting that stuff out. Uh, and, you know, you're going to want to maybe bring a little um, washcloth uh, under the steam tent with you so that you can wipe your face off a couple of times uh, yeah. while you're under there. Uh, so some of these herbs that we are talking about here um, are actually going to overlap with the ones that you could infuse into apple cider vinegar, right? Because we're, we're looking for that same type of chemical constituent. Uh, the, this is plants that have a lot of volatile oil content. So yarrow, chamomile, any of the smelly mints, anything from thyme and minarda if you want something super cleansing and like really powerful all the way to just peppermint or Tulsi if you want to do this to clean your face and get uh, an emotional mental boost, you know? Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, and that's, that's relevant too, you know, because a lot of times with skin issues, um, they, they have an intimate relationship with your state of stress. Hmm. Uh, when you get stressed out, you're more likely to break out. When you break out, you're more likely to feel stressed. Right. So when we can find herbs and preparations that are going to address both sides of that at the same time, that's good news. Right. Okay. So let's say that you are a, a person who has a bunch of acne and you've done your herbal steam and now you want to uh, do some more stuff to really, really get clean in there. This is where a clay mask comes in and they're not hard to make. All you need is some bentonite clay or sometimes it's sold as French green clay. Um, and usually you can get it in like the, the health and beauty section at the grocery store um, or at your like natural food store. And I just like to take that and the easiest way to do it is to blend it up with some honey and smear it all over your face. Um, if you want to be fancy about it, then um, sort of coarsely grind some lavender and add that in as well. Because now you've got like exfoliating power from the coarse grind, but you also have 
the lovely smell of lavender plus its antimicrobial action. Are you sensing a theme here with this whole antimicrobial thing? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's nice too because with herbs, they they do uh, have some degree of selectivity about the microbes that they that they fight and that they kill off. Um, and of course, we don't want to sterilize your face. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's neither necessary nor particularly attainable. Right, right, <laughs> or desirable. Yeah, yeah. You do have you do have friendly flora even on your skin. Yep. Just like in your guts. Yep. Um, good. So, you, if the clay mask is a little too thick uh, then you can add just a smidge of water but if you add water then you need to use it all right away because it won't really keep so if I'm gonna mix up a batch uh, for a long period of time then I will mix in the honey and the clay and any ground up herbs that I want to add to it um, and leave it at that. And then if I need a little bit of water just to make it smear onto my face a little bit more easily, then I'll add that in only to the amount that I'm going to apply in that moment. So you smear this onto your face. And if you've never had the experience of a clay mask before, um, it is kind of an interesting experience. First, you just sort of paint it on and you feel like you are two and you're playing with mud. Um, or I guess five, I don't know, whatever age you were when you were playing with mud all over your face. Um, if you're answering like, what, I still do that, then that's totally valid. Um, I mean, if you've got good mud, this yeah. is like, go for it. Yeah. Yeah, for real. Um, I'm just thinking about times that I've been out in the garden and then like tried to wipe <laughs> sweat off my face and then there's a big smear of dirt on my face and then whatever. Anyway. Um, Good, healthy garden dirt. I mean, yeah. It's probiotic. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, once you get this all onto your face, you're going to let it dry there. And that is an experience. What's going to happen is that as it dries, it's going to kind of tighten on your face. Um, and y you'll feel it. You'll be like, my face is going to crack. And once that happens, then it's time to rinse it off. But that is the drawing action, right? It's actually pulling stuff out of your pores. And that's actually pretty cool, especially because a lot of times when you have acne, like really tenacious acne, part of the problem is that your pores are partially blocked by keratin that forms along the, the sort of top of the pore. And it's supposed to form in a way that allows um, the pores to, to clean themselves out, but sometimes it tends to grow over the pore just a little bit and kind of partially block it. So it can be very difficult for you to clean uh, the pores well because they're kind of partially blocked. And I mean, we're talking partially blocked on a very tiny, maybe not quite microscopic, but tiny-scopic level. Um, and a, a, this sort of keratin overgrowth is frequently associated with um, dietary choices. So don't worry, we're going to get to food uh, in a minute. But in, in case any doctor ever told you that food doesn't impact your skin quality. Um, I, I've ha had people come in and say, but my dermatologist said that it doesn't matter what I eat. I just have to, well... Um, I'm not a doctor and I can't give medical advice, but it does matter what you eat. You should, <laughs> that's, it does definitely matter what you eat. Um, okay, 
So uh, this um, <clears throat> this way you described making the the clay mask there using the honey is worth dwelling on for just a moment because that does help to balance a bit between the drying effects uh, and um, basically to not let that run too far. If you prefer prepare a clay mask just with water and clay, it's actually going to be a lot more drying mm. than when you include the honey in the mix because honey has a, a moistening quality to it. So using honey together with the clay and maybe the lavender flowers um, ground and crushed up into there, that preparation is going to be more um, appropriate for a broader array of skin types. If you run really on the, on the moist side and you've got lots and lots of oil going on, you may prefer to work with just clay and water. Um, to get a really drying effect there. If you run really, really dry, you may prefer to just work with honey or herbal infused honey because mm -hmm. um, that's going to have more of a moistening quality. Um, and you can also adjust proportions to match your particular state. Yeah, and the honey itself has antimicrobial activity as well. Mm -hmm. So every part of this is contributing to the effort. Yeah. All right, so... You did your steam, you did your mask, your clay mask, and now uh, we're gonna wash that off real good and just uh, do that spray of the rose water and rub in some olive oil and you're done. But I would say do this not like right before you have to go out to a party or something like that. If you're gonna do this, do it a couple of days before um, because it will stir some stuff up and pull some stuff out. Um, so you may want to do like the vinegar treatment a couple of times here and there after you do a clay mask. But if you sort of work out a routine for yourself of, um, you know, whatever your weekend is, let's assume that it is, you know, Saturday and Sunday because that's sort of most common, but everybody's weekend is sort of a little different. So if you say, okay, well, I was, I was at work or I was at school all week and now it's Saturday morning, I'm gonna do my little self-care routine and then by Monday, everything will be settled in and ready to, to look great at work or at school or whatever. Um, but you could do that facial steam. You could do that every day if you wanted to. That, that would be totally fine. Just the clay to do every day is a little much. Mm -hmm. uh, you might be thinking, but I already have oily skin. The last thing I want is to put any more oil on my skin. I really am serious. I only put like two drops of, of oil and I rub it in. But I have oily skin. Like I'm a person who runs damp. And the thing is that a little extra oil not only means that you won't have wrinkles later in life or you'll have less wrinkles later, um, <laughs> but, but also it... If you add a little bit of oil, over time, you're actually helping your body shift to not overproduce oil quite as much. When your face is really, really oily, what's often going on here is that your, your body is overproducing oil because maybe you run dry and your body's really trying to protect your face because the face is pretty much the only part of your body, well, your face and your hands, that are like basically always exposed. Other parts of the body we protect with clothing or, you know, whatever, but, but your face is sort of always out there. And so if you are, your body is not making the oils that it needs to protect your skin very effectively, it will sort of preferentially put those oils, 
produce those oils for the face because that's one part that we don't protect. Mm. Um, so when you are providing oil as a layer of protection for your body, then it doesn't have to overproduce in that area. And yes, like if you've ever watched our video courses online, um, I definitely, there have been a couple where I was like, oh, I have a nice little oily sheen on my face there. Like I, I should have blotted before I, <laughs> before I got on camera. Um, but, uh, but I would rather have a situation where like, oh, I should blot just a bit. And if you're, if you're like, what do you mean by blotting? Then you're not probably a person who runs oily. But if you're a person who runs oily, you probably know exactly what I mean. But it's just like taking a tissue or a cloth and sort of just patting so that you don't have that oily shine. Um, but I don't really mind doing that. And the oil is so good for my skin that if I have to sort of blot my face a couple of times a day just so that I have a healthy glow but not an oily shine, that's fine with me because it keeps my skin really healthy. All right, so that is our sort of acne situation, and I'm gonna get to food, but I wanted to talk about eczema too, because that's another super common skin thing. Um, and both of them have really similar um, sort of internal food and other, and, and like internal herb um, suggestions. So I wanted to talk about the topical aspects of eczema before I get into the food stuff. Mm and also internal herb stuff. Yeah. Well, one of the things that we've worked with a lot of times for eczema, and um, I don't see a ton of other herbalists talking about this one, but we've been trying to spread the word for a while. <laughs> uh, so this will be another crack at that one, is to work with licorice as a topical preparation. Yes. This was something that you had already started doing long before I met you, I think. Well, the reason was because uh, when my daughter was born, and she's out on her own now but um when she was born she was born with a very severe eczema uh, condition and an autoimmune skin disorder and so i tried let me tell you absolutely everything to come up with something that would work with her eczema and nothing was doing it you know i was i was trying calendula and chamomile and all the things they say and nothing was really doing it but um I had had and this was this was good heavens this was like 20 years ago I was looking at licorice root and its effects on the adrenal glands as it was known at the time I mean over the past 20 years we've really um, improved our understanding of what's going on here but one of the things that I did find at the time was that it would prolong the effects of cortisol so that your body didn't have to produce as much cortisol. And when I read that, I was like, hold on a second, what if I try it topically? Will it prolong the effects of cortisol in one localized region? And if it does, will that effectively accumulate your body's own natural cortisol, which has an anti-inflammatory action, so that it isn't required to use something like hydrocortisone in the area and that was something that I wasn't willing to to put on her skin so I was like well I don't know but I'm definitely gonna try and in fact uh, that is what happens and it is very very effective hmm. and over the years I have worked with licorice root topically in a kajillion billion ways I've infused it in oil I've made lotions I've everything under the Sun 
And lately, my favorite way is to just do a decoction and a compress. Um, and that's partially my favorite way lately because lately that's my favorite way to do anything. Um, and partially because just like anything else, we have sort of phases and trends and fashions and whatever. And right now I happen to be in a compresses for everything kind of a phase. Um, but you can, you can work with it any way you like. You can infuse the licorice root into oil. You can take that oil and turn it into lotion. You can just make a strong decoction and work with it as a compress, whatever you like. Um, but the point here is get the licorice root to the eczema um, and it will really assist in reducing the inflammation in the area. Really, yeah. really help with the itch, the whole nine yards. Yeah, yeah, it brings the redness down, I was going to say, too. It stops the itching and it works very, very nicely. Yeah. It's quite impressive. Now, in addition to anti-inflammatories here, we also... Oh, and I wanted to mention turmeric also. Yeah. Now, turmeric is uh, really perfectly suited to topical anti-inflammatory action. But the drawback is it will turn your skin yellow. So this is going to be great if it's an area of your body that you don't mind turning yellow. For example, it's the middle of winter and you've got eczema on your elbow, but you're wearing long sleeve shirts all the time anyway, so it doesn't so nobody's going to see your elbow, so you don't care if it's yellow. Great. That's perfect. But if it's the middle of summer, you might not actually want your elbow to be yellow. Or you might you might want to just draw designs on it like henna. Why not? You know? Let's <laughs> like just whatever. do it. Yeah. 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 Anyway, topical turmeric is really, really effective. And it can be as simple as taking ground up turmeric powder and mixing it with a little bit of water and smearing it onto your eczema spots like a paste and letting it sit there for a little while until it dries up and falls off. And definitely do this like with a towel under you or something because <laughs> it will be messy. Yeah. Um, and then as long as the skin has the yellow tint to it, uh, the anti-inflammatory action is happening. It's almost like it's time release. Um, and when the yellow tint goes away, that means it's time to do it again. Mm -hmm. All right, so, but as I was saying, in addition to anti-inflammatories, we also want some plants that have antimicrobial action. Because eczema is a compromise of the skin. And wherever there's a compromise to the barrier, whether you can see broken skin or not, uh, pathogens really want to get in there. It's a, it's a great place for opportunistic infection. And so when a person has eczema, often it's not just eczema. It is also a little bit of a fungal infection going on in there or a little bit of a bacterial infection going on in there or whatever. So it's really helpful to work with some of our antimicrobial plants. And these are going to be all the same ones that we talked about for acne. Um, but if, uh, but we can make a couple choices here. Um, and I'm going to, in just a minute, I'm going to talk about astringents versus emollients. But astringents would help to pull together skin that is broken uh, or also be very helpful for skin that is wet and weepy. Mm. It just helps tighten the area. Mm -hmm. um, 
And some of our astringents also are antimicrobial. So I'm thinking here of yarrow and sage um, could be really, really nice. But any of the antimicrobial herbs, thyme, oregano, monarda, even chamomile, yarrow, uh, are going to be great here. Uh, good. Okay, so then some vulneraries to help to heal up any of the bro broken areas of skin, any of that compromised area. And that's going to be plants like calendula and chamomile and marshmallow. And for that matter, yarrow has a bunch of vulnerary action as well. Um, and when we say vulnerary, what that really means is that it's stimulating cell proliferation. It's actually helping new skin cells grow to cover over the damage that has, or to replace the damaged area. Cover over isn't really right because actually you're sloughing off some of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, but to replace, sort of build it up from the inside and build up fresh new skin in an area that was compromised and unhealthy. Um, and again, this is stuff that we'll do topically. We'll do it as a compress or as a soak. If, if you have eczema on your knuckles or like in between the knuckles, for example, you can just make um, a nice strong calendula uh, infusion or a strong marshmallow cold infusion and put it in a dish and put your hands right in it. It would feel really like sit down, watch a movie, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah, really good. And for that matter, let's add seaweed to this list as well. Oh, definitely. Yeah, seaweeds are just amazing for this kind of thing. Um, they both are going to be helping to rehydrate the skin and, and get that um, absorption and movement of fluids through the layers of the skin. Um, but they also directly provide some nutrients that your skin needs to grow healthy, um, including some, uh, some mineral content that helps the skin to, to form and to build itself well. Uh, and they do have uh, these vulnerary, like, wound healing effects to them. They have anti-inflammatory activity, and they also have some antimicrobial uh, mm. activity as well. And these are all things that the plant itself needs in its own life to sustain itself. You know, you're hanging out in the ocean, there's bacteria floating around, there's, <laughs> there's fungi yeah. in the ocean, you know, there's all kinds of stuff in there. So, um, so the seaweeds have to protect themselves, and turns out that we can rely on a lot of those same activities uh, in and on our own bodies. Thanks, cool. seaweed. Thanks, seaweed. And seaweed's easy to work with, too, because all you really need to do is uh, soak it in water long enough to get it good and rehydrated, and then wrap it around or pile it onto <laughs> the areas that have the problem, and uh, just let it sit there for a while, and that'll, that'll do you. Yeah, it really only takes, like, less than five minutes to rehydrate it in water mm. um, and then just slap it right on your hand or on wherever the eczema is. You can hold it on with a with a little gauze bandage if you need to. All right, so we were talking about astringents there for a minute. And uh, when we're talking about eczema, then sometimes we need to make a choice. Do we want astringents or do we want emollients? So astringents are going to help tighten up compromised areas help suck everything back together um, or if you have some weepy eczema they will help to drain that out and dry that up uh, so that is very beneficial but if you have super dry flaky eczema um, then you might find the drying action of astringents to be a little irritating uh, so in that case you might want some emollients Seaweed. which <laughs> yes. Seaweed, marshmallow. Yes. 
Emollients are plants that are moistening in action. They're basically the opposite of astringents. And most of the emollients also have some vulnerary action. So it, your choice is not either I will tighten up this compromised skin and like make my barriers healthy again, or I will moisten it and somehow the barriers aren't going to be addressed, right? No, There's... no. It's, you know, we're talking about balance here, right? So your skin was too dry or it was too damp and we're trying to bring it to a Goldilocks place, right? Put it into the middle. Um, and either direction leads to compromise. If things get mm. too dry, then they they crack and they're exposed and critters can sneak and crawl their way inside. But if they get too damp, then they're boggy and open and swollen and also exposed and the critters <laughs> can find their way inside. So, you know, again, this is all about coming back to balance. Yeah. yeah. And if you're sitting there thinking, oh no, how will I know? Just try it. Like... If you try a cold infusion of marshmallow and you're like, wow, that feels fantastic, then keep doing it. And if you, if you try a, a like witch hazel extract and that feels great, then keep doing it. And the thing about eggs and, and if they don't, and if they both feel great, then don't stress too much. Alternate. Use, use them alternately. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but also the thing is that your eczema might not be the same every single day. Mm. Um, so you so use. I try so hard not to say use, um, but work with the 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 one that feels good on that day, and you'll start to develop a pattern for yourself of oh. Okay, I need to... Today, I, I have learned by experimentation that the way that my eczema is feeling today will feel better if I put marshmallow on it. And then another day when you notice that, oh, I'm having the witch hazel kind of eczema today. Like, I'm in that part of my eczema cycle. And the only way to really develop a good, um, a good feel for which one you should go with is to literally develop a feel for it. You have to try it and see how it feels in your body um, to, to know what the right answer is. And yes, when you work with people uh, and, and you do a lot of experiments with a lot of people over a long period of time, then you will get to be able to where you just see, ah, I see right now that you're in a marshmallow phase with your eczema. But if you haven't worked with a whole ton of people, then you start with yourself. And if you, if you work with witch hazel and, oops, that was the wrong choice, the worst thing that's going to happen is that you'll be a little extra dry and flaky today and you will say, boy, that sure was irritating. I'm going to get some marshmallow right away and make this feel better. Like, you, it's not going to kill you. This is a pretty safe place to make some experiments. Um, so, so go ahead and do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go for it. And okay, so some of our astringents uh, that we've mentioned, witch hazel, sage, even yarrow here, and some of our emollients would be marshmallow, the seaweeds, linden, and these are going to be in cold water. So if you make an infusion of marshmallow, if you make an infusion of linden flowers, you're going to be doing that in cold water. It doesn't have to be ice water or refrigerator water, just room temperature water. Mm-hmm. Because in order to get those emollient chemical constituents out of the plant, uh, they don't release in hot water. All right, internal stuff. Yeah, internal stuff. Okay, so we have a couple of jobs here. Um, 
we need to make sure that your fluids are moving. And, uh, you know, we've been lately filming segments on urinary health and on respiratory health, and we've been talking a lot about fluid movements. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think we're going to just keep doing I it, too. I think it just will keep being true, really, because it's, it's super critical. So, you know, with skin health, um, you need to, to keep the skin happy and healthy and nourished, and a lot of that depends on fluid movement from underneath. Uh, so, you know, uh, hydrating is going to be important and uh, making sure you're drinking enough water. Um, but then there are herbs that can help to move, uh, like the lymphatic fluid, for instance. Um, and that could be herbs like calendula, could be self-heal, could be red clover, um, plants that are going to help to get that, uh, drainage system moving along. Mm. And especially if you are a person who has really dry skin and watery skin. So I am thinking here, if you have some edema or some varicose veins, but you also have eczema. Um, and that is a situation for me, is that I have a tendency towards uh, fluid stagnation in my legs. And if I don't take care of them, then I also have a tendency towards dry skin, not all the way to eczema anymore, but dry skin in my legs. And what's going on there is that if I don't keep my fluids moving, then uh, no nourishment can get out to the skin level because there's too, too much swampiness going on in my legs for the fresh nutrition to get all the way through to the skin level. Um, so what that means is that I need to make sure that I keep all the fluids moving in my legs uh, by moving my body. Taking some walks. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And also by uh, making sure that I'm working with lymphatic herbs to keep my... Uh, lymphatic system functioning as best as it can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so again, you know, simple lymph lymphatic moving plants like your calendula and self-heal and red clover, uh, those can all be great and you can drink those on a, on a daily basis. Um, we're also going to need to support the liver. Um, the liver and really the gut in general have a strong connection to what's going on uh, on the skin. Um, and some of this is very direct, like if there are things in your diet or disruptions in your gut flora that are moving you uh, towards leaky gut, then those also have effects of what we'd call leaky skin. Um, and this is a matter of some kind of internal signaling in the body that leads to um, a little more of an opening uh, of the skin and of the gut and of some other permeable membranes in your system. Uh, so that can be part of it. But the other part of it is the, the liver function. And your liver has a big job to kind of clear out some waste products and to um, help your body to cope with exposure to toxins and all kinds of other things. So uh, in order for that to work well, sometimes it needs a little bit of herbal support. Um, this can be as simple as taking some bitters tincture uh, before each meal. Um, there are some specific herbs though that really operate on that axis between the skin and the liver. And probably the most famous of them is burdock. Uh, when you make a burdock decoction, you get some gentle liver stimulus, you increase the flow of bile, you increase the liver's uh, processing uh, activity to help to deal with everything uh, that needs to get dealt with. And uh, at the same time, there's an effect of burdock to, um, to reduce expressions on the skin or to help to eliminate things that are trying to pass out through the skin layer. So sometimes with burdock, um, especially if you have a kind of a chronic long-standing issue or if there is uh, 
something in your diet or maybe in your pharmaceutical regimen that's actually irritating your skin, if you introduce burdock, then you might get an initial flare-up. Usually that resolves um, with continued uh, uh, ingestion of burdock, like on a daily basis. But if that does happen for you, then one option is just to cut your dose in half. So if you had been, you know, making a, a big decoction of burdock and dandelion and a few other herbs and you were going to drink a quart of it every day, but you noticed that that caused your breakout to get a little bit worse for the first few days, maybe you cut it back, you know, drink a pint uh, for a week or so and then slowly ramp it up from there. Um, oftentimes that's enough to, to solve that problem. And, you know, many, many people work with burdock and never really see that flare-up. They just see a gradual reduction in the amount of acne they've got or the severity of the eczema that they're dealing with. Um, and usually you want to persist with burdock for at least a month uh, before you judge uh, how mm -hmm. well it has worked out for you. Mm -hmm. And milk thistle is another herb that can be really help helpful here. <clears throat> and milk thistle is, I feel like, uh, such a such a helpful herb in our times because really at, at this point so many people could benefit from some liver support and milk thistle provides gentle liver support that's appropriate for almost all people but milk thistle is one of the few herbs that is super effective in a capsule and I feel like that's kind of a gift right because you don't necessarily always have time to make 16 different teas for yourself in a day. But if you're like, okay, I need to do one thing for my body today. I don't have any time at all. I can manage to take milk thistle capsules once in the morning and once before bed. I can do that. That is a thing I can do. Um, and that's pretty exciting. Like I, I think it is, it is, um, I, I want to say a kindness, you know, like of milk thistle that it's like, don't worry, I got you. You know, like on a day that you literally have no time for self-care, I'm here for you. So uh, thanks, Milk Thistle. Yeah, we appreciate it. <laughs> no joke. I mean, it's yeah, like, yeah. It happens. It happens to you. You might be out there thinking, oh, Rin and Katya, they're like, they're on top of their self-care all of the time. They're herbalists. They do this professionally. So of course they do self-care every day. You guys, we're just like you. We get busy at work. Um, even though our work is herbalism, uh, there's still emails to answer and the things to do on the computer and like whatever else. And there are still days where uh, we get busy and we don't eat the perfect foods and we don't do the perfect things. And we it's 2.30 in the afternoon. We're like, how have I not made any tea yet today? And so uh, if you're like, oh, well... Someday I'll be as good as Rin and Katya, but today I'll just take milk thistle capsules. You guys, some days we also just take milk thistle capsules. <laughs> it happens to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about food. About food, yeah. Yeah, it's a yeah. big thing. <laughs> so, um, okay, the first thing I'm going to tell you is don't worry, you can still have chocolate. But... Uh, food really does matter and the food that you eat shows up on your skin so um, so there are some things that you should consider removing from your diet if you struggle with eczema or if you struggle with acne and um, I predict 
that those foods will be sugar uh, and gluten and dairy and processed junk. But you do not have to take my word for it. Uh, there is a really great elimination diet called the Whole30, which if you listen to the pod, you've certainly heard us talk about. But you may also have heard friends talk about. It's becoming really popular. I love it. I love the system. It is basically a 30-day um, plan where you take out all of the foods that are most likely to cause inflammation throughout the body. And... Don't eat them for 30 days. Eat really clean for 30 days. And then at the end of the 30 days, you can start adding stuff that's important to you back in. And you can see for yourself what things your body tolerates well and what things you don't tolerate well. And I love this because you don't have to take my word for it. I'm just some girl who likes to talk about plants and health and share what works for me. And it's good if something that works for me works for you too. But I would so much rather that you find something to be true in your body rather than, oh, well, Katya said it, so it must be true. No, you felt it in your body and it was true. That's so much better because that's real truth, right? Yeah. Nobody can take that from you. Right. And one of the things we like about the Whole30 and and other programs like it is that it's structured as an experiment, right? You're going to do this for 30 days and see what happens. And with skin stuff, you can get a really clear picture of whether you're on the right track. Yeah. Um, I do actually advise in including some pictures in this work. You know, take some before pictures. Take a picture in the same lighting conditions, in the same room, with the same camera. Yeah. You know, uh, once a week, every few days, make yourself a little time lapse, you know? Like, yeah. See, see what's actually happening. Um, and and do keep those kind of records because if you go a month and you're working with your burdock tea and your milk thistle capsules and your, you know, rose water witch hazel stuff on the face in the mornings and a little drop of oil and all of this, um, then you should see some change for all of that work, right? Yeah. So let's make sure that we're on the right track and uh, get some data. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if we're going to do the science, we need to keep the data. We need to document it. Um And the thing is that as humans, we acclimate very quickly to changing situations. And so at the end of the whole 30, you might have 60% less acne than you had when you started, but you've acclimated and you're like, what? I still have two pimples. So I guess it didn't work. And how different is this really? Right, right, right. So keep some data. And then at the end of the whole 30, you can decide uh, what foods are causing that eczema for you, what foods are causing that acne for you, and what things your skin would prefer that you didn't eat on a regular basis. Mm. So so I love it. Um, and it's just whole30.com, whole like entire, W-H-O-L-E, and then the number 30. So check that out. Um, and even if you don't give anything up, or if you're like, well, I'm not ready to do something quite as big as a whole 30, then try cutting out processed foods. Uh, Try cutting out inflammatory oils like canola oil and soybean oil. Try um, cutting out as much sugar as you can or try adding things in. Try telling yourself like, okay, fine, I'll have ice cream, but first I'll have broccoli, right? Like anytime that you wanna have some junk food, have a vegetable first. 
Uh, whatever, we're trying to improve the quality of the diet, making sure that you get vegetables, that you get protein, that you get good quality fats. Don't skimp on the fats because your skin needs those to be um, hydrated. So avocados, olive oil, coconut oil, all that good stuff. And while we're talking about hydration, actually, you have to do that. So drink water. Don't drink plain water. Drink water with good minerals in it, or even better, drink herbal tea, because uh, that's water plus awesome. Mm. Um, but that is a thing that, that makes a huge difference in my skin. I hydrate like a thing that hydrates a lot. I don't know, a hippo? Not a camel. I drink a lot of tea. <laughs> He's looking at me funny, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I drink a lot of tea. I drink, I don't know, a half a gallon of tea plus a quart or two of not coffee. No, this isn't a quart. This is a pint and a half of not coffee. And usually a pint and a half of water overnight. I drink a lot of liquid is what we're trying drink to a say lot of, here. Drink a lot of water. Hydrate. It is Hy- important. Do it. Yes. Yes. Uh, and the other thing is sleep. You know, get your beauty sleep. It's true. Uh, having enough sleep will make your skin nicer. Um, it, you can't do it all in one day. You have to... It is better if you increase the amount that you sleep by 30 minutes every night than if you if you just take Saturday and sleep a lot on Saturday. Um, so uh, recognize that human adults require eight and a half to nine hours of sleep a night. But in the winter, it could be longer. Um, Or if you're sick, it could definitely be longer. Uh, And if you are a person in puberty, uh, it's definitively longer than that. It's more like uh, 10, 11, 12 hours a night. Because remember, you are completely rebuilding your body from a kid body into an adult body. And uh, the best time for renovations is while you're asleep. So build a good adult body. And even though it's not cool, go to bed early. Um, Yeah. Yeah. My point here is sleep matters. Sleep and if matters. you're struggling with your skin, uh, it, it is just as important to try to get more sleep as all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, if you do all of that, then uh, your skin should be in a really good spot. Yes. And, I, I, okay, that's a lot of stuff. But make some space to try it for a month and see what happens. Like, is it worth it to you to have really great skin? Like, who? Kn- some people start new gym habits or whatever, and yeah, it takes up a bunch of time, but then they're really happy because their muscles are strong or whatever else. So add, the, add these things in one at a time, and as one becomes part of your daily habit, then work another one in. And when you do it that way, it doesn't seem like so much because you've, you're only making space for one thing at a time. And then, you know, after a while, you're like, wow, look at all these things I'm doing for myself. But the bottom line is that bodies need to be taken care of. And we don't have tons of time in our current society to do that. But just because we don't have tons of time doesn't mean that the body doesn't require it. So uh, I don't know. I want that to sound inspiring. I'm not sure that I nailed it. You can let us know, <laughs> listeners. Oh, how about if you just take it as inspiring? How about that? Yes. Yeah. Please. Yeah, they'll do that for you. Thank you, guys. I'm sure, I'm sure they will. <laughs> <laughs> and it's hard, right? It's really hard to 
to face on one hand the reality of our busy lives and the fact that a lot of people work like crazy these days because they have to and maybe you're taking care of kids or aging adults or a million other things and you're like I just don't have time to add all this stuff into my life and to balance that with hey if you add all this stuff into your life it really is going to make a difference for you and it's hard to to strike that like motivational inspirational place without the like ugh but how am I gonna do it like the the demotivational space of the of the challenge of it but I want this all to come down on the motivational side and on the inspirational side and so just pick the easiest one of all these suggestions and start with that and once you got that nailed then pick the next easiest one like maybe it's a little bit harder and add that in and once you have that and just keep going that way until you get it all or until your skin is happy and you're like I can stop now yeah there it is there it is okay so um, I think that's it for our topic time to do our shout outs yes alright let's do them we have one for Brian who is experimenting with drying herbs in his refrigerator yeah he says it's working great. That's okay. Let's yeah. learn about that, Brian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we have a shout out to Agrestis, who took our Herbal Awareness Rituals episode to heart and started implementing right away with a new bitters routine. Ah, good. <laughs> good. Yes. More people doing it. <laughs> yeah. And we have some new reviews on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever they're calling themselves now. Uh, one from JLW1003. One from, oh, Sherna Algen, who requested this pod episode, and here it is. Uh, one from Music Lover, who said that they're gaining confidence to add herbs into their self-care routine, which is awesome. Yeah, and one from Lady of Avalon, who said she's been with us since the beginning. Wow, that's nice to hear. <laughs> and one from Plains and Plants, who says they're a newbie, and that's also nice to hear. Yeah. 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 We all start somewhere, and we're so glad that you're with us. Thank you guys all so much, and oh, we have a bunch of new supporters this week, and I did not collect all the names and put them into the notes for the episode, so I will shout you guys out by name next week, but we are so grateful for you and for all of our podcast supporters. Um, If you would like to support our podcast and also receive weekly videos with um, cool tips and tricks right into your inbox as a special super secret supporter gift, Um, then you can do that at commonwealthherbs.com slash supporters. Yeah. Okay. And uh, we will be back next week with another episode of the Holistic Herbalism Podcast. Until then, drink your tea take care of yourself spritz some rose water on your skin and be happy happy. yeah we'll see you next time bye